What happens when a radio broadcaster gets let go from his sports talk job? Well, he tries to figure out what he wants to do next for a career. And in the meantime, joins the 4 million other podcasts on the internet and the John Cast is born. Join me each week as I talk to guests I find interesting or entertaining from the world of sports, play-by-play broadcasting, or whatever else sounds fascinating to me at the moment. The John Cast is what I'm doing until I figure out what I'm doing. Subscribe, download, and I hope you learn something along the way. And welcome into the JohnCast podcast. This is episode number 41, and we're joined by Brad Davison, former Wisconsin Badger. Brad, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Well, I just wanted to say congratulations first to start this podcast. Congratulations on your season and your career as a Badger. I had a blast as a Badger fan watching you over the last five years, and I just want to say thanks for your career. <laughs> Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate you. It's going to take me a little bit of time to get used to the former Wisconsin Badger player intro, but I appreciate you. It's the first time I've heard that. (laughs) Well, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. But I guess some people sometimes say once a Badger, always a Badger. True. I'll take that. I'll go with that motto. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So we can always, I, 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 I debated as I was saying it in my head, I debated, do I say former because once a Badger, always a Badger, but yeah, it does sound weird. Has it kind of sunk in yet? That the, that the career at Wisconsin is over? Not quite yet. I think it's slowly getting there as I watched some of the basketball games last night and that I haven't seen my, some of my teammates for the last few days because I went to Milwaukee for a little bit, got away from Madison for a little bit. Um, it's slowly, slowly creeping in. I'm trying to, trying to stiff arm it, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> reality hits sometimes. I want to get into uh, some questions I have for you about not only your career, but the season. But I just wanted to remind our listeners that this podcast is brought to you by Ian's Pizza in Madison. We've got our NCAA tournament bracket going on right now. And each week, um, Brad, um, those who are participating in the bracket contest get to answer a trivia question to earn bonus points. I'm going to say it, but you don't have to answer this trivia question. But just for those who are listening, who are playing along, name one of three Badgers who has played in the most NCAA tournament games all time at Wisconsin. Name one of three Badgers who has played in the most NCAA tournament games all time at Wisconsin. DM me that answer. You can get this week's bonus points. It's eight bonus points up for grabs. Uh, Also brought to you by me and Julio in Madison. They've got their month specials in the month of March, including rainbow trout tacos for $16 and a Reuben sandwich for $15. And also brought to you by Scani. I partnered with Scani t-shirts and we make fun Wisconsin style t-shirts for people. They're at my website, johncastpodcast.com. If you're watching on Spotify, here's one. It is the state of Wisconsin with Madison outline. Uh, It is uh, to show your support for your favorite sports team. So that is at johncastpodcast.com. But I'm, like I said, Brad Davison is on the show today. Um, so when you look back at at games, Brad, my question to you is this. As a competitor, do you ever look back at plays or sequences in games that you wish you could have back? Is that something that that you do? I think I, I would say I try not to. Um, so I think that's, that's part of the game. And the beauty of the game is there's going to be good moments and bad moments. And the competitor in you wants you to have good moment, good moment, good moment, and string it all together. But the reality is you're going to have bad moments. Um, so I think right after games, that's exactly where my mind goes usually, especially after a loss. As you look back at certain plays and sequences of what you could have done, how you could have done it better to help your team win. Um, but I tried not to because that's a rabbit hole you can go down to really, really quick. 
Yeah, I think that's probably what separates like really good athletes from just like normal people like myself. I'm not a really good athlete. It's it's that competitive drive and that that ability, I think, maybe to forget because I'm I'm sure you're not spending you're not still thinking about a game from two, three, four weeks ago, are you? Or or maybe there's some exceptions to that rule. I don't know. Yeah, no, you know, I think that's kind of the next play mentality or the next game mentality that you kind of want to um, want to adhere by when you're an athlete. That's one thing that we have to our advantage in basketball is you get to play two to three games a week. So you kind of got to have a short memory. You want to learn from the losses or learn from your mistakes. But at the same time, you got to start preparing for the next game, too. So that's one luxury that we have in basketball is you, you get to have a short term memory because there's so many games We're in football. You play a game and then you have to wait a whole week to reflect yeah. and then you got to get ready to prepare. Uh, so I think that's one thing where basketball has a little bit of advantage in that uh, in that mindset is you got to kind of always be looking forward and prepare for what's next. How about on the flip side? Are there games that you still think back of uh, very fondly that you're always going to have a special place in your heart? And if you had to to narrow down, what were some of your top games that you you loved playing in at Wisconsin? Is that a, a difficult thing to do? Absolutely. I think that's something that I've been doing a lot over the last couple of days as I reflect on my career and reflect on all the great memories and all the relationships that I got to, um, you know, establish and develop over the years is there's been a lot of amazing memories um, going back all the way to my freshman year. And it's tough to pinpoint all of them, but I think a couple of them that have really I've been thinking about that I've been highlighted. I remember my my sophomore year, we upset a Michigan team that was, um, you know, undefeated at the time, 18 and 0, ranked number two in the country, and we stormed the court. My freshman year, we upset a number four Purdue team, and we stormed the court. Um, so, though both of those, when we had both of those opportunities where we stormed the court with our fans, upsetting top-ranked teams, incredible memories. Um, junior year, winning the Big Ten championship at Indiana just celebrating in the locker room, celebrating in assembly hall in their court for a while. Those are really, really great memories. Um, the COVID season don't have as many games that were great memories. There's no people there to celebrate with and to have right. good moments with. Um, but then of course this year, there was so many great memories from winning the Maui Invitational in Vegas. We're probably the first and last team to ever win a Maui Invitational in Vegas. So that's really playing <laughs> the fame and um, you know, then rushing the court, beating Purdue to claim the Big Ten title. Those are all pretty incredible memories. Yeah. You talked about a, a couple of court stormings there. What is that like as a player when you're in the middle of something? Because if you're storming the court, well, if you win, I mean, like if it's at your place, right? Uh, I don't know if you've been in a court storming the opposite way, but what is that like when you know, like, this is awesome. I'm always going to remember this and you get to celebrate with the fans. Honestly, it's just mass chaos and you don't really know what to do uh, because for me, I one thing I really value is the handshake line. So having the opportunity to shake the other team's hands and shake the coach's hands, um, which you usually don't get the opportunity to do that when you court storm. So the first thing that I do during a court storm is I try to get out of it to just get some breath and see if I can make it to the handshake line. And then if I can't do that, then it's like, okay. You don't get to do this very often. I got to push my way back into the middle to experience these moments and try to find my teammates and give them hugs and my coaches and give them hugs in those moments. Um, but really, it's just like a big mosh pit of sweaty college students, everyone just screaming and yelling. And you're 
you're trying to find your teammates, you're trying to find your coaches so you can dance with them and celebrate with them. But um, the court gets overtaken very quick. So it's hard to find anybody in there. But those are definitely, definitely moments that you hold on to. You know, you, you talked about, too, how you wanted to be remembered as a Badger after the game against Iowa State. And I, I, I'm sure probably some of your favorite memories, maybe being a Badger, not only are on the court in all those games you talked about in all those moments, but I bet you some of your favorite memories, too, are off the court. I'll just share one briefly. I got to call um, basketball at the Bahamas when you guys played at the Battle mm -hmm. for Atlantis. I filled in for Matt LaPay, so I was very honored to do that. And I remember I went out to the beach at one point, and I saw you were out there with some family and some small kid just playing catch with a football. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that kid is going to remember that for the rest of of his life. I'm not sure who that was or if you remember that at all, but I was just like, that is such a, a kind thing to do because it's, it's so rare to find that um, to be aware of, of just the impact that you have on, on kids, on families and on fans. Yeah. You know, I think the reason I try, I really value those moments with fans and family and um, you know, just other Badger nations. I, Cause I remember when I was that age and I remember when I looked up to people that were, in the position that I find myself in now. And you have a really unique opportunity where a smile or a wave or a conversation or just throwing the football um, can go a long ways. And it's an opportunity for somebody to, um, you know, really bring a smile to them on that day and bring positive energy into their life. So I, I love my basketball memories, but what I'll really hang on to here at the University of Wisconsin is the relationships that I developed with my teammates and coaching staff but also all those little interactions that I've been blessed with to have with whether it's little Badger fans or older Badger fans or across <laughs> the board. Um, really, I, I really value those college football game days where we got to walk around campus and say hi to people and stop at tailgates and spend time interacting and communicating with people, throwing the football with other individuals. Um, and there's so many different days like that that I'll always remember and interactions that I'll always hold close to my heart. So for you growing up, basketball was always it, right? I mean, I, I think I was reading at how old were you when you decided you wanted to be a coach or you had that idea? Ever since I was about three or four years old, I've always wanted to be a coach. So I have two older sisters that played basketball and they're four and six years older than me. Um, and both my parents actually coached them all the way up from second grade to high school. And so when they started playing basketball, obviously I went to every game. And instead of sitting on the sidelines, what I would do is I would sit on the bench right next to my parents. And I'd, I'd have my clipboard out. I'd have my whistle around my neck. I'd have my basketball in hand. And I, I would be their, their three-year-old, four-year-old coach on the bench. Um, and so ever since that mo those moments where I got to witness my parents being coaches, and then as I started playing, I really valued my relationship with my coaches. I knew that coaching was, um, you know, definitely going to be a passion of mine just because of my passion for basketball, but also my passion for people. Um, I think as a coach, you have a unique platform and a unique opportunity to really transform the lives of the players that you get to mentor and guide and lead. Um, so ever since a young age, I didn't have the perspective on coaching when I was three or four, but you better believe I was on the bench with my clipboard and ready to go. <laughs> That's fantastic. What are some of the characteristics or traits that you'll take from, for example, Coach Greg Gard uh, into, into the next phase of your career? What are some of the things that, that you really 
loved about Coach Guard that you want to also embrace? Yeah, you know, I've learned so much from Coach Guard and the rest of our coaching staff over the last five years. Um, obviously, I really believe in our system and the way we approach the game of basketball when it comes to offense and defenses and X and O's. But I think the thing that I will really take with me from Coach Guard and the rest of the staff is just their, their, the standards and principles that they built the program on, the things that they value. Um, really valuing the little things, really valuing doing things the right way and integrity, um, really trying to make the most out of every opportunity, even when adversity hits. Um, their ability to remain consistent and stay true to those principles and standards, even when maybe the outside doesn't see things the same way or when things aren't going well. Um, so many of those little principle and standard things that I think it's really important, especially at this level, to remain consistent. Um, and I think the, the results really speak for themselves in that sense for how Coach Gard and his staff have we've been able to perform over the last few years. And then just also the way they value people. Um, I, you know, it's one thing to be have a coach-player relationship, but to have that relationship that goes deeper than the basketball court that I have with my, not only Coach Gard, but again, the, all the, the whole staff and the managers and the players just that's one thing I've learned is how important relationships are in a program, especially a program at this level. Mm, very interesting. So what is the next goal for you short term? Obviously, we're just a, a, a less than a week after uh, the final game of the NCAA tournament. And then obviously coaching is long term. So so what is up next for Brad Davison? Damn, that's that's the million dollar question right now. Uh, so uh, I'm still kind of taking time to process and just reflect, uh, reflect on the season and then process of what comes next for me. Um, long term, my passion and I really feel like my calling is still to become a coach. And my goal is to become a head coach at the highest level of college basketball um, at some point in my career. But now I'm trying to figure out, you know, uh, what happens in between where I am now and where I want to be someday in the future. And um, you know, I'm really looking at all the different options and opportunities that may be out there for me for this next upcoming year. Um, I haven't decided yet fully if I want to keep playing or if I want to get right into the coaching world. Um, again, I'm kind of looking at all the different options and opportunities that may arise for me. But one thing I do know is that I'm getting married in 100 days from yes. today. So that's one thing in the future that I know is happening. And you know, I think the rest will definitely work itself out. Yes, congratulations on that. One hundred days. That that's how far. That's awesome. We hit that that uh, that time frame, that milestone right here on today. All right, I got a couple final questions for you, Brad Davison. Um, all right, so I I have to ask you this. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to be in this situation, but maybe there's a basketball player growing up uh, who's listening to this. So I ask you this: What is the key to taking a charge? <laughs> <laughs> the key to taking a charge, I'll give you a couple of keys. First, you got to be willing to feel a little bit of pain or you got to be willing to know that it might hurt and willing to just get in the way of someone who you know is determined to get past you. So it takes a little bit of willingness and you got to accept that you're going to get hit and run over. Um, but also, I'd say the biggest thing that it takes to take a charge is you have to be prepared. You have to be a step ahead of what your um, your opponent is trying to do. So for me, that comes from watching film, getting to know tendencies, watching the flow of a game, 
knowing what the other offensive player desires to do. And then, you know, I'm not the fastest guy, I'm not the quickest guy. So that you got to be a step ahead up here when you're on the court. So I would mm. say you got to be prepared and you got to be willing to get steamrolled every once in a while. Oh, what? I mean, sometimes the players are bigger than you, Brad. Like, how do you, how do you mentally prepare to get steamrolled when you know that there's a dude that's so much taller and heavier than you and you're about to land on a hard floor? How do you, how do you do that? Yeah, see, I'm a basketball guy, but I'm really a football guy at heart. <laughs> so I grew up playing football. I love the physical contact. That's one thing that I don't get as much in basketball. I don't really get a whole lot of that physical contact. So whenever there is an opportunity, I'm more than willing to take a hit because it reminds me of those football days, and I enjoy the physical side of the game. So um, I'd say it's a mindset, but also it's something that I enjoy. And I always compare a charge on the defensive end to like a dunk on the offensive end. It's like a momentum play, gets the crowd into it. And you, you you didn't see me dunk very often in the Cole Center. So I had to find my way to get the crowd into it. <laughs> I loved it. I loved how, like, I remember your first year, like, the the Twitter accounts and the social media would keep track of like all the charges you've taken. They put like little battery emojis or something like that. I love yeah. that because I, I was all of a sudden I was like, oh, I love charges now because it was <laughs> it was fun to watch like just how many you were able to acquire throughout your freshman season and the course of your career. Yeah, I was able to get a lot my freshman and sophomore year. And then, um, you know, <laughs> I think I can say this now that I'm not playing. It definitely affected how many charge calls I got the rest of my career. So I had to get a little smarter and try to pick my spots. I wasn't going to get as many charge calls anymore because um, for whatever reason that the refs and the other, other coaching staffs, they were, they were on to me a little bit, but you know, I guess that's part of the game. Yeah. They were scouting. They were scouting. Yeah, uh, one more final yeah. question. And I got a little surprise for you uh, that you already know about, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, so you mentioned you love football. You love that physical aspect of football. So what was, or who was Brad's favorite athlete growing up? My favorite athlete growing up when I was in middle school was actually a guy named Jake Winicky, who was the a high school receiver at my high school. He wore number 19, he was my neighbor. He's an incredible athlete, played both basketball and football in high school. Um, he's actually the reason why I wore number 19 in high school football. He went on to play receiver at South Dakota State, had an incredible year, um, was on the Vikings for a couple of years, and now actually plays in the CFL. Um, but he was my favorite athlete growing up in my hometown just because he was someone that I looked up to being from the same neighborhood, um, but also was just an incredible human being and someone that I not only look up to in the game of sports, but also just the game of life. Um, so I would say he was my favorite athlete growing up. That's very cool. Very cool. All right. So I wanted to have a surprise for you on this podcast. So I wanted to bring in, you talked about 100 days until you're married um, and you are marrying a former college basketball ball basketball player. I called a lot of her games when Wisconsin played Indiana and I'm talking about Tyra Buss. And um, I thought it'd be fun to bring Tyra into the podcast. So we set this up, Tyra. Hi. Hey. <laughs> and, and how are you doing today, Tyra? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. I thought it'd be fun to have Brad versus Tyra. Okay. It's three questions um, about each other. And then we see who gets the most questions right about each other. And that person wins. Oh, boy. I see Brad stretching. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm getting ready. Ugh. Brad stretching over there. If you're watching on I Spotify, I don't, I don't, 
I don't get I don't get the opportunity to be she beats me most of the time. So I need to take advantage of this here. Okay. All right. So here we go. Let's see if we can do this. So I'm going to ask you, like I said, they're both going to be the same questions uh, on each person. Now, this first question, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but I will ask Brad. Brad, can you name Tyra's career point total in college at Indiana? And you, you know what? Let's put you A within lot more like. Than me. <laughs> yeah, so here, how about this for example if she scored and this is not it but if she scored 9,713 points you could say 9,700 and we'd okay. count it okay so 2,300 2,300 Tyra's career total 2,364 Brad you get a point okay now Tyra I, I think you probably know where we're going with this can you name Brad's career point total at Wisconsin he was just kind of talking about this the other day. I'm going to say 1,700. Ooh, 1,827 is what I have. So you are, you lowballed yourself. You said 17 something. One zero, Brad. <laughs> One nothing, Brad. Okay, so this is a big, big point in the game. All right, Brad, what is Tyra's favorite movie? If you would have said show, I'd have it right away. Movie's a little tougher. Um, favorite movie. This is tough, T. <laughs> I love this. Oh, man. What way do I... <laughs> I know this is going to be bad for me, too. <laughs> I think we're going to have a... Mr. Deeds? Mr. Deeds, no. like by Adam Sandler. Nope. Uh, I don't know. What is it, Tyra? Love and basketball. Oh, that's cheating. <laughs> Why is that cheating? My favorite movie. <laughs> what was the TV show you were going to say, Brad? Oh, One Tree Hill. Mm -hmm. Was One Tree Hill correct, Tyra? Yeah. yeah. One Tree Hill is correct. Okay. Yep. So, so you love love Okay. All right, Tyra, can you name Brad's favorite movie? No, I don't think I can. Uh, <laughs> we don't really watch movies. We don't really watch movies together. We watch shows. Hmm. Interesting. Brad, do you have a do you do you know your favorite movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a favorite movie. Okay. Tyra, do you want to guess at all anything? Um, can you give me like a genre? Well, I didn't get a genre, so that would screw up our point system. This is this is I embarrassing. We're about to I get love... married. We don't know each other's favorite movie. <laughs> I love how well, Brad's like competing. He's like, I can't do that. I didn't get to have that advantage what either. Is it? <laughs> yeah. uh, bas What's the genre? genre? Basketball genre. Um, I'm just gonna go with it. Um, Glory Road or Coach Carter? Coach Carter. Coach yeah. Carter. We will count it. To clarify, if I got the clue basketball genre, <laughs> I would have got love and basketball for Tyra. Yes, point Tyra. <laughs> point Tyra. No. So we go into the final <laughs> question. I, I've overruled you, Brad. It counts. 
Uh, uh, you didn't get the you didn't get the call this time. Um, okay. All right. So final question. Now, my daughter is in third grade and she's a Girl Scout. So we are at Girl Scout cookie season, selling Girl Scout cookies constantly. So I ask Ooh. you, what is Tyra's favorite Girl Scout cookie? How's it you... Thin Mints? Thin Mints. That is correct. That is correct. Uh-oh. Okay. Brad, you're up 2-1. It all comes down to this. What is Brad's favorite Girl Scout cookie? Thin Mints. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. Yeah! Thin Mints. Well, we have a tie. We have a tie. <laughs> and unfortunately, in this game, we have ties. Because I know that's not very okay. popular in the sports world. But we do have ties. So, congratulations. And Tyra, Brad was telling me 100 days. How excited are you? So excited. Super excited. Can't wait. Now that season's over with, it's something to look forward to. So we're excited for it. And what was your guys, because you guys had a lot of uh, like stories, news stories done about you. What what were you guys like? How did you enjoy that as a couple being able to, to showcase that throughout the last couple of months here? Yep, you got it. I got it. Okay. <laughs> I think it was super. Honestly, I really enjoyed them because there's a lot of news and articles, and everyone wants to talk about basketball and your performance. Um, but I always said, whenever someone was doing a story on our engagement or me and Tyra or our wedding coming up, I always just said, Thank you so much. Like, I appreciate you for doing this story and for giving us the opportunity to, you know, share a little bit more about who we are as people not necessarily who we are as basketball players um so we really enjoyed it it was good to get a little refreshment from the basketball world and also you know our relationship is one of the is the most important thing in our lives and we enjoy talking about it and we're really excited for the future for new beginnings here coming up um so we really enjoyed those opportunities and those whether it was an article or a podcast or video it's always a good thing to do them together Tyra, how um how informative was Brad in the wedding planning? Like how much did he help out with like <laughs> I see the faces already if you're watching on Spotify, Brad's taking a drink of coffee. <laughs> I was like using like the cake and all that kind of stuff. Um well he just kind of goes with the flow. So whatever I want, he just says, Yeah, it sounds great. Um so I learned early. Yeah, I think that's the way to go, Brad. Because I kind of get whatever I want, but then when I need him to make decisions, not so helpful. (laughs) Well, I I like that technique, Brad. You just step back, and whatever Tyra wants, that's probably going to be best for the wedding. Yeah, it's it sounds good. Looking forward to it, and you're going to look beautiful. Those have been my three my three quotes that I just kind of keep saying over and over again. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Is there something on the? uh, Is there something as a couple like? One of the fun things I I like to do when I got married is you take the gun. I don't know if you still do this and you go around like Target or whatever and you scan all the things you want. Is that how you still do a a, a wedding registry? And what is the number one thing that you both were like super excited or are super excited perhaps to to get? Brad, you want to go first? That is not how we made the registry. Okay. Oh, yeah, no. I basically made the registry. Okay. Tyra made the registry and I said, sounds good. Looking forward to it. And those pots and pans are going to be great someday. Um, but in regards to um, the registry, 
Yeah. One thing that I'm very excited that's on the registry is a dartboard, a very nice <laughs> dartboard. I love playing darts. We have a dartboard in my apartment here, but apparently it's low quality, and that's why some people don't always get throw the dart where they want to. I'm not going to say any names, but <laughs> it's the quality of dartboard that you know correlates to the quality of player there. So we're excited for a new dartboard. Um, another thing I'm really excited about on the registry um the honeymoon fund hey you're only supposed to pick one that was my favorite (laughs) you're supposed to only pick one oh okay then just erase that from memory the last five seconds what i said and i'll let my fiance go okay Um, what was i'm most looking i'm most looking forward to the honeymoon fund as well so we'll take all the money anyone wants to give us where is the honeymoon week-long vacation where do you guys (laughs) plan on going do you have an idea we have some places picked out. We have a few like destinations, but we're not 100% sure which one yet. Okay. But we do know we want to go somewhere nice and warm on a beach and an all-inclusive resort. With some golf. And With some golf. golf close by. Okay. Yes. Yeah, man, that sounds fun. Can I come along? I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a blast. Um, well, uh, you know, I was telling Tyra, I was telling Brad how much fun I had watching him as a player. And, and I don't know if you know this, but I've called the women's basketball games on the radio for 10 decades or 10 decades, 10 years at Wisconsin. Wow. 10 decades would be a long time. Uh, 10 years at Wisconsin. So I got to watch good. your career at, at Indiana. And one thing that always intrigued me about your career and in prepping for a game is in high school, you almost scored 5,000 points in your high school career. Like that is insane. Yeah, I guess looking back, it it is pretty insane. I'm not really sure. I don't really know how it all happened, but I just scored a lot of points. Whatever I could to win. 7,000 points between high school and college. I mean, I've never heard of such an outrageous number. I mean, what do you think when you hear that number? Uh, I don't even know what to think. Um, I just remember whenever I used to watch my highlights of me in high school, I couldn't remember. I couldn't even believe I would pull up right past half court. It was like, I don't know what I was thinking, but hey, it went in. I practiced those shots. So here we are now. Yeah. What do you guys think as basketball players real quick as we wrap this up of because it seems I don't know, maybe this isn't true. Maybe this but it seems like there's a trend of people just you know, logo, logo threes are, are what's in right now. And if you can hit logo threes, but I, I would assume that we see all the makes, but there's probably a lot of logo misses by, by players as well. Yeah. You probably don't, those are, those are the misses. you don't necessarily see the misses on the highlight tapes or on sports center the next day. Um, but I really think that that's kind of where the game is going with the, the change of the three-point line continually getting pushed back and pushed back each year and then i think people are getting stronger and faster and quicker which is making it tougher to get to the rim and finish at the finish you know in the lane so one of the best ways to do that and create more space is just continuing to scoot back and scoot back and if you can make it you know it's a big weapon for your team so um i think it's only going to continue to scoot back in my opinion how about you tyra yeah, I would say the same thing um, that he said, just to con- continue to practice that and just continue to – I mean, I had unbelievable range when I was in high school, so it just kind of translated when I went to college um, and just, you know, rep it out, um, you know, having that 
uh, same thing that I had the mindset whenever I was in high school, the same thing in college as well. Okay. Well, um, I know Tyra, you're an assistant coach at, uh, Milwaukee for the women's team at Milwaukee. Brad wants to be a coach. I have heard of husband and wife on a coaching staff before. I'm just saying like you both want to be coaches. It seems Do you ever think about that. Yeah. Um, you know, that would be obviously really cool. I know, especially now at Milwaukee with the, they're being hired a new head coach um, and he doesn't obviously have a staff yet. So that would be the most ideal situation if, if Brad could get on the staff there um, on the men's side. But regardless of what happens, um, you know, we're looking forward to whatever comes next, regardless if we're coaching together. Um, we just know that's one thing that we're always going to prioritize is us being together, wherever that may be. Do you ever think about that, Brad? Like, cause how cool would it be if you got a job somewhere and then, I don't know. Can you hire hire Tyra away from her <laughs> job? I mean, what would that be like? That would be incredible. We've we've gotten advice from people not to do that to, okay. to you know professional side of things with personal side of things just because of the nature of the business. Um, but I think if there was any duo that could make it work, it would probably be yeah. us. So never know what the future holds, but um, we're really excited for what's to come. Yeah, you're right. There is the, the drawback of that, too, because the, the world of coaching can be very, um, you know, all of a sudden you, you don't have a job anymore and something like that. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I, I wish you the best of luck, both of you in, in your futures um, and in 100 days as well. Congratulations on on, on that. And um, yeah, this, thanks again for joining the podcast. And thanks. Uh, thanks, Tyra, for coming in and playing. Officially, it's a tie between you two. We'll have to have a another uh, rematch or something in the future. Bye, but thanks, both of you. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you for having, appreciate you having us on. All right. Thank you. That is uh, Brad Davison and Tyra Buss joining the podcast. That was awesome. Thank you so much to Brad for, for coming on the podcast. A reminder, if you want those uh, trivia bonus points, if you're in the NCAA uh, bracket, you can just certainly just go ahead and DM me the answer this week. Name one of three Badgers who have played the most NCAA tournament games all time. Give me one of those, and you'll get your eight points. Don't forget to do that. These bonus points are very, very valuable. T-shirts, $19.99, johncastpodcast.com. If you're watching on Spotify, the Scotty T-shirts are available. And thank you to Ian's Pizza, and thank you to me and Julio, and thank you to Brad Davison, and thank you to you for listening to this edition of the Johncast Podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>